Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, of course, YouTube TV, the YouTube. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada, proudly. Uh, happy to have them as a sponsor, always here on a numbers game. It's Gil Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay, producer number eight is here as well. Uh, we're going to talk to Pete Futak about college football coming up this hour, Paul Spore on baseball, uh, and uh, shortly, Jeffrey Parlay and I will do our weekly exercise through the prism of our contest entries um, as to what we are thinking about here early in the week as to what some of our five plays will be. We hope it goes, we hope it goes better than last week when we are like, we don't like anything. Eh, we liked a couple games. That's about it. But that's how tough this is. So we'll do that here momentarily. Before we do any of that, let me just, uh, by the way, we get a, a text from uh, program director John Goulet commenting on uh, me saying, shouldn't Stanford get a uh, couple wins for that, uh, for knocking Clay Helton out? He goes the opposite. He goes, they should get a loss because now USC is going to have a real coach. <laughs> it's a valid it's point. It's a valid point. Well, even yeah. though, Gil, I'll say this, and yeah. I know our guy Ty, Todd Wishnev would not be happy if this happened. Yeah. The leader in the clubhouse, apparently, as of right now, is Luke Fickle. Oh my goodness! I know, and now I have a. I, I think my buddy E said he wanted Luke Fickle. Really? That's an upgrade. People love Luke Fickle, but how many times has Luke Fickle bought something at the end? All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, so yesterday was guessing lines, which is a tribute. Chris Andrews and I have done guessing lines for the better part of a decade. Before podcasting was cool, we were podcasting, and really, it's a tribute to the old Stardust Radio Show, uh, where they guessed the lines. First, look back in the days, old Vegas sports betting uh, lore. Roxy Roxborough was part of it. Uh, the old Stardust show where they guessed the lines. And so that's what Chrissy and I have done for all these years. And um, what that is about is that I stay in a cocoon. And it really isn't about me so much as me representing the everyman who's uh, in a cocoon, doesn't know the lines. Jeff will call out the matchups. I will say what I believe the line will be, and then Chrissy will tell us exactly what he's going to post and why. Sometimes he likes my number better um, than the actual line that he will post. And then he will actually do so after guessing lines. Literally, there is no line at the South Point until guessing lines is finished, and he goes back there and posts uh, after our exercise. Just as an example of one of the many exchanges that we have, I think this really, in a nutshell, reflects what guessing lines is all about. Uh, and this has to do with, again, before the Ravens played last night, our brief exchange on what the Ravens' Chiefs line ought to be and will be next week. Okay, we don't know about Baltimore, but Kansas City's going to be a road favorite. And Baltimore has all these injuries. Again, we don't know what the spread's going to be necessarily because we don't know what's going to happen with Baltimore tonight. Um, but I would say Kansas City would be a, a non-negligible favorite on the road I would say. What does that mean in English? Five and a half, I'll say. Whoa! You say you're not as not that not that high? No, no. Four? 
It's two and a half. Oh, I disagree. And that's exactly what give me, my give me Kansas City all okay. day. That's exactly what my power ratings come to. I got to say, and I've downgraded with all these injuries to Baltimore. Well, I mean, I've downgraded them a bit, you know, but we haven't seen it yet. You I know think I mean? they may lose tonight. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I like the Raiders tonight myself, you know, but I don't want to go overreacting. And you know, believe me, that's you know. We see that all the time after week one, and here we are heading into week one. Yeah. And I would say this. The Chiefs seem to win a lot of close games. I don't have that number right with me. Maybe you know one of our listeners does. But um, I, I, that would be a take for me. I think, you know, let's not go crazy yet over Baltimore. But I have downgraded them with all the injuries that they've had. So they've you, had quite a bit. So you have two and a half, and I said five and a half. Yeah. I, and that's what it is. You know, it'll I mean, be interesting. Two and a half. I, will, I bet you by game time next week it'll be five and a half. I'll bet you a dollar. Dollar. Okay. You got it. One dollar. One United States dollar. One United Okay. <laughs> Just want to get the terms right. I'm an Australian dollar in my office. <laughs> Don't come in here with a Canadian dollar. That's the great Chrissy <laughs> Andrews. My mishpucha on a numbers game yesterday on guessing lines. And so that's the kind of exchanges we have, Jeff. And I, listen, a lot of times I'm going to be really close. I thought actually guessing those for next week was actually relatively not the hardest thing in the world. Uh, usually, so, and inevitably, I will embarrass myself with a guess. And some might have said that that was an embarrassment of a guess. But the line is four now. And I stand by what I say, I'm saying. I think it will get to where I'm getting, to, to what I guessed, five and a half. I actually threw four out there in the middle, if you heard closely. I was like, if not five and a half, four. So four already happened. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be bet way up this week. And so if you can find, uh, listen, a lot of people have the two and a halves, I guess. But I, I like the four big time. I think it should be five and a half. You think I'm going to end up winning that dollar, Jeff? That one American dollar? I, I, I would have preferred the, uh, is it the, uh, is it the toonie or the loonie is the one dollar up in Canada? I believe it's the loonie, isn't it? I think it? the loonie's the one and the toonie's the two, correct? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I would have preferred you done it for one loonie as opposed <laughs> to one. Am I going to win the loonie or the dollar? Yeah, for our, for our Game Plus audience. Yeah. What's your opinion? Do you think I will or not? I think you're going th- I, based off of last night. Yeah. If that game doesn't cause five, five and a half, I'd be very surprised. I'd be extremely surprised. And I was surprised even before that game was played. Two and, what kind of line was that? I, I, Gil, I thought it was going to be three and a half. Yeah. I don't, at the open. I don't get it. With all those injuries, it didn't make any sense to me. Anyway, that's a, that's what we do on guessing lines. And it's always a fun exchange between uh, Chrissy and I. Uh, Chrissy and me would be the proper English, by the way, on that. Okay, Jeff, let's do this. Uh, let's go Let's go game by game through the prism of our contest entries. You and Wes Reynolds had a 3-2 and two at Circa. I had a 2-3. and three. Thanks, Falcons. Um, so let's do this one by one. What do, and the categories are definitely in consideration I want no part of. All right, Thursday night, Giants at Washington, which is now down to three in favor of Washington. Again, we don't know what they're going to post Wednesday. Static lines posted by Circa on Wednesday, but right now it's three. You know, it's a shame because the Thursday night games, Gil, I don't like touching just because I don't want to get all my picks in. If this was a middle-of-the-afternoon Sunday game instead of the Thursday game, this would be a pretty strong lean to Washington for me. Me too. If you're going to get a, if you're going to get a three, just because – and I understand the Giants swept – Washington last year. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But, Gil, I'm not so certain that Washington's offense isn't better with Heineke, with Heineke in there at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think anybody is. And, so, and Washington's defense matches up very well with the Giants. Disastrous O-line and Mr. Turnover himself, Daniel Jones. So I don't love it. It's under consideration. Yeah, it's under consideration, but yeah. it's hard because of the Thursday All game. right, Jeff, we're going to have to do these quicker now. We're going to do rapid fire. Sunday. 
Denver at Jacksonville. Denver favored by six. Good God. Too much. Too much. But I'm not taking Jacksonville. Correct. Yeah, no part of it. Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo, three-point favorites on the road. Got to imagine Buffalo is going to be a pretty popular play in this. They so will I be. want no part of it. They will be very popular. And I really meant what I asked Drew earlier. Like Miami, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. At some point, have they figured out something? Brian Flores, Belichick disciple. I don't know about that game. Buffalo or nothing, though. I don't know if I'd, I would take Miami. Houston at Cleveland. Cleveland's favored by 12 and a half. No play. It's a lot of points. But it's Cleveland or nothing. I'm not taking Houston, which goes against everything we were talking about earlier, which is parity. But it's Houston and it's Cle- Cleveland. There was no downgrade on Cleveland for losing that game to Kansas City. They should have won it. Cincinnati at Chicago. Chicago favored by two and a half. So the Bears would be a consideration here for me because that final score was not indicative of what that game was on Sunday night. That felt like a 10 to 7 point game, not the 20 point margin it ended up. And Cincinnati should have lost week one to Minnesota. So Chicago to me is at least a consideration. Yeah. <laughs> Again, coming off a near 30 <laughs> unit hard court tennis season, it's hard for me to really back any of these. And I hate to keep bringing that up, but it's just, it's, that's the thing. It's like there are certain sports where you can make money off. This is just, oh my God. San Francisco at Philly. Niners, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Niners stave off the Lions after being up 24 with two minutes left, and Philly just houses the Falcons. We underrating Jalen Hurts? I'm not sure. I'm just not sure of how much of that was just the Falcons may be really bad this year, Gil. So no play for me in this one. New Orleans at Carolina. No no overreaction here on this line. New Orleans three-and-a-half-point favorites at Carolina. Not, that line feels about right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Carolina really did not play at all in the second half. New Orleans obviously looked great. This is a stay-off, Gil. Rams at Indianapolis. Rams are favored by four. I'm oppo Drew on this. I like the Rams. I want to see where this closes. If it's four, L.A., probably a play. If it gets to, gets to six, which wouldn't shock me, maybe Indianapolis. But a four, L.A. would be a consideration. Okay, how about Vegas at Pittsburgh, where Vegas is five-and-a-half-point dogs? Pittsburgh really showed nothing. I mean, literally nothing, really, in the first half. And then they needed a special teams touchdown to really seal this against Buffalo. And Vegas was Vegasing yesterday, which we which we went through in detail. Uh, Pittsburgh or nothing. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. New England at the Jets. Your Jets. New England favored by six. Again, rookie quarterback on the road week two favored by six. Against another rookie quarterback. Look, I think it's too many points, but the one issue is we know what Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. So this is a no play, but that just feels like too much, Gil. Uh, afternoon. Minnesota at Arizona. Arizona favored by four and a half. I, I Let me raise my hand. I am overreacting. I want one overreaction license, and I will use it on the Arizona Cardinals. I re- I'm all in on this team. Probably nothing, but I would imagine you'll see Minnesota be a, a play in the contest for a good chunk of people just off the bounce back for them, and Arizona looked too good in week one. I purchased my overreaction PSL on the uh, Cardinals. Very good. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by 12 and a half. Too much. I agree. Dallas at the Chargers. Chargers favored by three. Who knows? Points galore, but for the contest, totally useless. Tennessee at Seattle. Tennessee catching five and a half. So this line got inflated because of how bad Tennessee looked, but Gil, Seattle is Seattle just might be really good again. 
So it would be Seattle or nothing. I understand that it'd be a bounce back for Tennessee, but they showed me nothing last week. Real quick, Sunday night, Kansas City only giving four at Baltimore. I love the Chiefs. I'm with you. And then Monday night, Green Bay's giving ten and a half against Detroit. Too many. No thank you regardless. No thank you regardless. So what did we just determine there? We like virtually nothing. Like maybe two apiece. Sorry to have subjected everybody to that exercise, but that, I think there is there is benefit to that. Sometimes you have to go through that and just recognize, hey, be very careful. We'll come back. We'll talk college football with Pete Futek next. Numbers Game at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This football season, your best sports betting season ever. Start your Visa free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to Visa.com data and analysis. You get everything Visa has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at Visa.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who I owe multiple texts to from College Football News, Peter Futak. Hello, Pete. You owe me nothing, Gil Alexander. We're we're always good. You actually bring them whenever you want. But we need those picks on our side. <laughs> Am I, How are you doing tell, today? Tell the truth. Am I the worst of everybody in terms of getting those back to you? Just be honest. Oh, by by about a hundred <laughs> miles, but they're worth it. You have to wait. You can't just rush greatness. Marinate. Yeah, I, I, I understand Marinate. how this works. Yes. You can't rush greatness. Uh let me let me ask you about Clay Helton for a second. Let's start there. Um Surprised that he was fired? I'm guessing no. But after two games of a season, are you surprised at the timing of this? There's never a good time. They're just it just there's never a good moment to fire a head coach because you could argue at the end of the season you've lost a recruiting class and then that's over with. You do it now, you at least get the juices flowing in terms of a coaching search. You get people who are interested. You get the chatter going. You see who might want to be in, who doesn't. There just is never a good time for this. And if you're going to do it, do it. And I almost think that they're doing this because they like the guy. And part of the reason why Clay Helton has stayed around so long is he's because he's a good dude. Everybody likes him. Everybody wanted to see it work. But you can't lose to Stanford like that, especially with a team that's good enough to win the Pac-12 title. And especially when you got that guy on the other side town up in Westwood who's starting to win up in UCLA. So uh, you had to do it. And now let's see what's happening. Now, one note on this, you're going to hear over the next few weeks, James, uh, uh, Luke Fickle isn't interested. James Franklin isn't interested. Mario Cristobal interested. That's hoo-ha. They're totally interested, but you can never, ever say that you might have the slightest interest in another job if you're a college coach because that just kills recruiting, at least that in their mind it does. Did you refer to that as hoo-ha, Pete? I just want to get this on record. I, I actually almost swore. I, oh. I'm actually off my game at this moment. Okay. I actually almost said something, and so that it went into hoo-ha. So, yeah, I got yes, you. I apologize I got you. for that. Um, you, you left out one of the especially show here. You, le- you left out one of the especialies, especially when Oregon is beating Ohio State at the horseshoe. Like that's the other one, right? Juxtaposed the same day for a firing of Clay Helton. It's like, why? Why? Look at Oregon over there. Why can't we? We were USC for God's sakes. And speaking of that, I was saying earlier that, and, and this is again, this was from Bob Stoops at halftime of that Oregon Ohio State game, where he was like, I think the problem is, I think he made the best point. Obviously, Ohio State's defense is that's where the real question marks are, but. He was like, C.J. Stroud 
you know, like it's, I don't know if he is just choosing not to run or not even giving the threat of a run. <laughs> I choose not to run. Well, you know what I mean, though, because at some point the defense is like, well, we don't have to worry about that. Like, do you agree that that, that is really part of the mix of what ended up costing them the game? Because I do. Because you essentially turned a defense that is very mediocre into one that didn't have to worry about, like, one huge dimension of the game. I know we forget about this in today's day and age, but these, it's still a 19-year-old kid in his first and his first two games are on the road at Minnesota and then against this Oregon defense, which we talked about last week. That even without uh, Kevin Thibodeau and, and Justin Flo, they're still fast enough to hang with Ohio State. And the offense turned out to be fine, and the coaching staff didn't do many favors. You have a backfield full of NFL running backs handed off. You know, let the running game work. You've got one of the best offensive lines in America. But the D, so yeah, so he could be better, but that's game two. He's going to be better. CJ Stroud's going to be great. The problem is a defense that, look, if you take that national championship against Alabama and the last two games, this is the worst three game span in the history of Ohio State football in terms of points allowed. And it's not that bad. I mean, you're only talking about 31 against Minnesota and what was it, 35 against Oregon. It, you, you forget the standard that this Ohio State defense has set where teams just don't score 31 points against Ohio State. And now that's three straight games that it's happened. Who is this going to come back and haunt the most? Uh, Clemson or Ohio State themselves? Who else is who else are you talking about though? I mean, here's the crazy part. You know, Alabama seems to be a given at this point, but they're losing linebackers left and right. And let's be honest, Miami probably isn't that great, and we might be overblowing that win a little bit. But obviously, Alabama is great. Uh, Oklahoma looks like it's the Big 12s to lose, but there's going to be a loss along the way somewhere there. You know, so what else you got? You know, you think George is going to rip through this? JT Daniels is already hurt. Uh, so Clemson, I think, is going to roll. And as we talked about last week, we know how the college football playoff committee rolls. Oh, about November 15th or so, they're going to bring out the, oh, this is the hot team. They're playing great at the same time. And Ohio State can get through the schedule. But again, Stroud's got to be better, and that defense has to be better. Uh, besides Ohio State, Oregon, what was your single biggest takeaway from this past week, either to the good or to the bad? Any one or two teams specifically? Apparently, the college football playoff pollsters don't have a Peacock network because they didn't watch Notre Dame. Uh, that is a problem. Yes. That, you know, first of all, if you're if you're struggling that much against the Florida State team that just lost to Jacksonville State, and you're struggling that much against Toledo, who's really good. Toledo's got a lot of veterans, but you're not supposed to do that. That's a problem. The other thing that the, that's a problem with the pollsters, Iowa State. Based on what right now? They struggled to get by Northern Iowa, which I know is a rivalry game, but they had a hard time getting through that. And that offense didn't work at all against Iowa. So I think we're pumping up Iowa a little too much and handing them the Big Ten West already. But the biggest overall take is, look, we're taught this is fun. This there's it, it, at the beginning of the season, we're like, okay, boring. It's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma, you know, whatever. And now it looks like we've got teams thrown in the mix. There's an Oregon in there. There's a UCLA in there. There's yeah. an Iowa in there. We're week three, and we already have bit of chaos there's still going to be you know three chalky teams in this thing i'll give you uh, that we got a little bit of fun yeah i'll give you that much um okay so then this week what are your favorite plays week what are we calling this three i already lost track with the week zero yeah yeah uh 
I'm scared because I'm going to go against everything I just said and assume that Ohio State really is better than it's shown so far. I'm going to shoot, assume Notre Dame's better than it's shown so far. It's a dangerous week for betting because you know Notre Dame's better than this. They're seven and a half points better than Purdue. Are you really going to jump all over Notre Dame right now? Probably not. We know Ohio State's a whole lot better than this. They're better than Tulsa, who lost to an FCS team to start the season, bounced back in week two. But are you really going to jump in on Ohio State right now? Maybe. And then, look, it's a bad week of games overall. Alabama, Florida. That's where I was going. We get to see now, because this is a real live team that Alabama is going against. Florida is a top five caliber team. I, 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 it goes against everything in me to ever bet against Alabama ever, unless you're giving me 53 points against Mercer. But Florida, 15 and a half at home, that's a lot to give. This isn't Miami. This is a Florida team that could actually win the SEC East and get there the SEC championship. Forget about the 15 and a half for a second, because I think a lot of us would agree. You're right. Miami, maybe not so good. Obviously, last week doesn't matter with Alabama. Uh but let me just let me just throw this out. At Florida, sure, plus the points. What about Florida actually winning this outright? Dare I say? Not crazy. Not crazy? Yeah. Not crazy. Look, again, you're still talking about, you know, we just said about the whole thing about C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young hasn't really been pressured yet. You know, he hasn't been he, as good as the Miami uh, defensive line is. They got to him a little bit, but he was just fine. And this defense, which was, we talked about at the beginning of the season, was supposed to be this killer, and it is. They've got two linebackers down from an already deep core, but Florida's got the guys. They've got talent, too. Emory Jones is good. That running game leads the nation, and that defense has NFL talent. What about for my friends in State College? Penn State, six-point favorites against Auburn. I kind of like Auburn more than people do, but six and a half isn't enough. Uh, I'm going Penn State at home just because I do believe in that defense and that the offense will come around. But I do think Auburn is a good team, uh, but you're giving away only six and a half. If it gets above seven to eight, if it gets a little bit higher than that over the week, then maybe Auburn with the points. But for right now, Penn State. Last thing, because we only have 60 seconds. I want to circle back to USC for a second. Do we have any, like, what's, what's a recent precedent? Like, do we have any sense of how these kids, I mean, every situation is different. But how these kids at USC are going to react? Obviously, Clay Helton is the guy that recruited all of these guys. And so you just wonder, you know, they have, they have an affection towards him, at least, you know, that is a baseline. What do you think about how USC reacts to this? In general, what happens is the coaches that are still there are the ones who actually recruited these guys. So they're going to be the ones who have the day-to-day interaction with the players. The, the head coach you like, of course, but it's the position coaches and the assistants that you're really fine. So now you got the players who are going to play for themselves, play for the coaches, play for the season. I do think they go up and rip through Washington State, and I think there's just a little bit of a pressure off sort of thing at this point. But at the same time, look at the day and age we're in. Now, who's the next head coach going to be? These are USC guys who have options. That transfer, right now, the vultures are going to be circling and say, okay, USC guys, hey, come here. We don't, you know, you're going to get a new coach. You guys are going to suck for three years. Just come over here. You'll you'll be fine with us. No, Southern Cali's a tough place to transfer away from. I will will say that. I'll transfer in. I'll I'll go there. I'll transfer in as well. That's right. Pete, thank you. Appreciate it, man. And I'll send you those texts. I promise. I promise you I will. Pete Futak at Pete Futak, F I U T A K on Twitter. CollegeFootballNews.com, treasure trove of college information. Um, we'll do some baseball with Paul Sporer, and we'll look at uh, my baseball season win totals from earlier this year. It's a numbers game at Visa. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. 
VEASAN, the sports betting network. Football season, of course, is here, and VEASAN has kicked off our new schedule. We have new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VEASAN lineup has expanded to 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. And we've added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and, of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit VEASAN.com to see our new lineup and talent and make this your best football betting season ever. Oh, so looking forward to the Greg Peterson experience. I will say it time and time again, till it happens. Uh, it's Gil Alexander. Glad you could join us uh, this morning. You know, uh, it takes more than me and Jeffrey to make this show happen and to make this network uh, churn along. On this show in particular, uh, Matt, Liz, and downstairs, and uh, where's our, our Ann and I do a salt and pepper uh, naughty by nature sing along every morning when we check audio, but she's not on audio anymore. Uh, and Los, Patient X, of course, Carlos, always uh, integral to making this happen. Um, let me just say this, uh, but we have an audio guy, Mikhail. Mikhail, where are you from exactly? Well, I was born in Houston, Texas, raised in Dubai, grew up as an Englishman, and born to Indian parents. Born to Indian parents. And your take on American pro football is what? don't really have one. It's not really my game. I play rugby. It's closest to that, but my sport is Formula One. Okay. When we do our Formula One segment, you'll join us, okay? But in the meantime, since you don't like American football, you got to get out of here. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Mikhail, sure. everybody, on this, on this set here, doesn't like pro football. But F1 picks, maybe we'll do a segment a little later on, and we'll have Mikhail doing that. You come in this, we're playing under duress parlay. Doesn't like American pro football. Doesn't care about it. It's beneath him. It's beneath him. Well, look, I learned more about F1 this morning than I have in my entire life. <laughs> we didn't even understand legitimate full sentences. <laughs> we'll get an education from him for F1. The segment's coming up. All right, uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book. Just want to uh, point these out as well and shout out everybody for being so kind. Babyface Assassin. Uh, how does the NFL put the Giants in Washington and Detroit and Green Bay on Thursday and Monday? Ridiculous. Uh, you're not wrong because you couldn't have anticipated those games being good in any fashion, really. Well, divisional Thursday game with major markets makes a little more sense. Detroit and Green Bay, though, is I, I'm agreeing on that. Yeah, listen, I grew up a Washington football fan, and even I am not that jazzed about that Thursday night game. Greg Wilkinson, my morning walks go from 30 minutes in the summer to two hours during football season, thanks to Vison and Gill beating the book. That's me. Thank you, Greg. That's very kind of you to uh, to tweet that. Uh, okay, so then. Let's talk about, first of all, the, what we are saying before. Because a lot of people are going to hear our segment about the NFL schedule, right? And you and I go through that and we're like, oh, we don't like this, oh, we don't like that, we don't like this. And people are so in love with football. But again, let me just point this out again. This just in, this is a sports betting network. And, and our job here, hopefully, is to lead you to what is also profitable betting in addition to betting the sport we love. We all love football. No one loves football more than me. My first love. My parents had no idea what alien child they had given birth to. At six years old, I refused to eat Thanksgiving dinner because I was depressed about a football game. That's a true story. So I get it. Um, but here's the deal. Here's, again, here's the tennis hardcourt record. Just to let you know, there are other sports you can bet. Here's the tennis hardcourt record, nearly 30 units in pocket um, from not only the U.S. Open, but the hardcourt tournaments beforehand. We will, as I mentioned with Drew Densick earlier, we will talk Indian Wells in a couple weeks for those who are uh, in tennis with a draw. Uh, there it is at the bottom of the screen there, 24.833 units uh, or as, as few as 21.5 on the hardcourt season, that goes up to 
plus 20, 28 plus units and 25 units if you throw in the futures on deal Medvedev minus the Krajikova future. So it's it's close to 30 units if you were graded in the uh, in the most positive way. And then um, there's the other thing that I've done for so many years, which is baseball. And baseball, you will notice on this show that I don't bet baseball on a day-to-day basis like I used to. Five years ago, if you'd asked me, what's my favorite sport to bet on? It would have been baseball and everything else is a distant second. The one baseball hang, you know, tie over though, that is still to me the most tried and true successful betting vehicle that there is, is betting season win totals in baseball because there's no other sport, there's no other endeavor that allows you 162 points of data where you can overcome negative variance. So even if you're wrong for a period of time, you can still get to the promised land with your bets if you're handicapping it properly. Pro football, man, you have a bad month, forget about it. College football, even worse. If you had a bad couple weeks, it's over. Um, this year, the difference was this. I usually write my baseball manifesto at Point Spread Weekly. I did it for every year of VEASAN so far until this year. Now that there's two shows, I just didn't have time. And now, by the way, we have folks like Adam Burke who do it spectacularly well, way better than I could have ever done it, by the way. Let me just point that out. So this year, it wasn't season win totals, and there wasn't a season manifesto. But I mentioned at the beginning of the year, so long ago, we barely remember it, that I had season win percentages. Remember, Jeff, that there was still the looming specter of COVID. There still is, by the way. But in this case, there was still the looming specter. So some books, instead of going season wins, went season win percentages. So I did four of them. I think three of them are going to get home. And this is the thing with these. Every year, we're 2-0, 3-0, 3-1, 4-0. We never lose on these. Because, again, it's not because, you know, hey, look at me. It's because it's such a long runway that if you're handicapping properly, like, you can be wrong for a while and still win. So here they are. The one that I lost is spectacular, uh, is a spectacular loss. So the ones that are going to win had the under season win percentage of .425, right, a 425 win percentage on the Texas Rangers. They're sitting currently at 371. So that's going to get home unless the Rangers all of a sudden become the 27 Yankees. But that's going to get home. Then there's the Baltimore Orioles, under 39.5. Again, 395 for their season win percentage. They're at 322. That's going to be a winner as well. These will all be graded, of course, at the end of the season. So that's going to be a winner. Now, you'll notice, it used to be back in the day, I would, I would do season win total over and unders, typically on teams that were not at the extremes, but more towards the middle but with the chasm, the ever-widening chasm, ever widening chasm between the haves and have-nots in baseball, I see more value this past year and the year before in the teams at the extremes. And so that's noticed, that, that is reflected, rather, in the Rangers and Orioles unders, which look to be getting home in cruise control fashion. Now, here's the loss. <laughs> Boy, was this bad. I had the over 550 on the Minnesota Twins. I recognize I'm not alone in this loss, but they're at 438 currently. That is a spectacular loss. Thank you. Thankfully, it only counts as one. But not even close to getting that right. The Twins, clearly the most disappointing team in all of baseball based on preseason expectations. And here's the one that has surged home this last part of the season and could still lose if they somehow fall flat. But as we pointed out earlier, the remaining schedule for the Toronto Blue Jays is quite easy, quite manageable. And this second-half surge from them that has put them now in the number one wild-card position, I had them over 540 season win percentage, and they have surged now to 562. Their win-loss win per, their win-loss record percentage, in other words, of their percentage of wins, their win percentage is 562 based on their win-loss record. So 
It's looking like a three and one. Sure, the Blue Jays could swoon their last handful of games of the season. Four handfuls, by the way, just to be exact. But right now, Jeff, it's looking like a three and one. And so I'll just say this again for those who have listened to this show a long time. Tennis, baseball season win totals, college in college football in game, maybe third. Seriously, like it's that good, college football in game. But to me, if you give me that, those are the trifecta of betting vehicles. So one is pre-flop tennis. Also in-game tennis, but for the purposes of the discussion. One is a pre-flop wager in tennis, also futures. One is a season-long season win totals thing in baseball. And one is in-game. And that's probably, again, if you can impart some of the biggest betting lessons are, is nothing is static. Nothing is the same in every sport. You've got to figure out what the best areas are for you, the best markets. It's not static. It, what's what's good to somebody else might not be good for me. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin on Beeson's Primetime Action, destroy golf. We have a lot of people on this network who destroy golf. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans. So it's going to be different for everybody. Just for me, it's just another way of saying, just because we talk about the NFL the most and we love the NFL the most and we get the most juice out of it, and Lord knows, good God, I do guessing lines. I do the Megapod. I do a numbers game. Uh, I, couldn't, I can't talk about football enough. I love it so much. But it doesn't necessarily translate to dollar-dollar bills, y'all, if you know what I mean. That was a dollar-dollar bill, y'all, reference, Jeff. So a I just want to make knowledge on that. What's that? A loony and toony. And a loony and toony yeah. reference earlier. Um, how many of those three do you agree with? What what would be your number one, Jeff Parlay? College football in game number one. College football in game. Yeah, it, yeah. Just just for my again, following you for tennis is one thing. If I went out and handicapped tennis on my own, it'd probably be a mess. But for me, just watching the games and and look, it, it, it just it's a little the NFL's a little more beatable in quotes in game than preflop. It's darn near impossible preflop but college football in game is really good really it's good really good because you could tell pretty quickly if there's a beatdown coming like your stanford usc one this yes. one was perfect because it was obvious even though stanford was a 17 point underdog it was obvious pretty quickly that stanford was going to win that game and that number was there for a long time no sport reveals itself more in game whether a beatdown a track meet whatever kind of nature it's going to have quicker and more reliably than college football. By the way, not mentioned at all in this discussion, either the NBA or college basketball, which some people swear by college basketball. There's a lot of professional handicappers that love the first part of the college basketball season more than anything ever. So find your niche. Find what works best for you. We'll talk some baseball, some DFS, and beyond with Paul Spore from Fangraphs next. Numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. MGM, it's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy hundred bucks. Register using code VSIN100 win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Yankees or the Orioles and either team hits a homer. BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selected builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Yankees or Orioles and either team hits a homer. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligible
eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, ladies and gentlemen, from Austin, Texas. You can follow him on Twitter at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. He's six foot five inches tall in your program. It's Paul Sporer, everybody. How you doing, Paulie? Gil, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you just waking up, Paul? You can tell the truth. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Not, not, even, not even embarrassed to say it. It's uh, it's perhaps lunchtime, but I'm ready to go. Oh, nice Kansas City Royals hat. I like that. Very brand, nice. Brand new. Just got it yesterday. It's, uh, it's an exclusive hat off of... Hat Club, hatclub.com. How many baseball caps do you own, Mr. Spore? Um, I'm trying to get one for every team. I'm not quite there. I probably have uh, between like 15 and 20. Old schoolers, like the pilots and the senators, or no? I'd like to get hats like that. Okay. I'm kind of focusing on the current teams right now, but I've got some uh, <laughs> I've got some unique stuff as well. I'd like to focus on teams that exist currently, Gil, if you don't mind, if I can that's, get through those first. Yes. Yeah, focus on the uh, the current team. Yes. Uh, Paul comes to us from Fangraphs, of course, Sleeper in the Bus podcast, and, of course, twitch.tv slash Sporer, where you can watch him uh, play uh, MLB The Show on a nightly basis almost, Paul? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. much. All right, uh, let's start with Sunday night. I'm not just – so we're all watching week one of the NFL. It's a full day. It's full immersion. This is the national religion. And I have to tell you that by the time the Rams and the Bears came around, I was so footballed out that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn on this Yankees-Mets game. And, Paul, that did not disappoint. That was no. awesome. Three homers from Francisco Lindor, including the game-winner solo shot, what proved to be the game-winner in the eighth, after Giancarlo Stanton had tied it with a two-run shot and had chirped back at Lindor in the middle of his trot. That was awesome. Yes. You you, you don't see that. You don't see a guy stop like that and start jawing, too, right? Like, usually they're kind of saying it as they go. Like, he stops and starts giving it to him. And then Lindor comes back with another homer later. It was it was awesome. I, I, similar spot where, you know, I watched Red Zone all day, um, and I had both games. I had the the football game on the iPad, but I had the baseball game on TV. Was getting that sound, and didn't regret it. It was a heck of a game. Heck of and a the game. Football game was kind of a snoozer anyway, so we didn't miss anything there. And I couldn't help but think to myself, I'm like, if every like rivalry in baseball, like if if the Giants and Dodgers could do that every night, just screaming at each other, oh, <laughs> baseball would be phenomenal. Would be phenomenal. It'd be great. So there's there's some yes no bets out there still. Places like DraftKings have these available. And I'm curious how you feel in this final, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20 games left in the season, how this is going to shake out. Let's start in the American League, where right now it's a log jam between the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, all separated by one game for both wild card spots with the Mariners. Good God, Paul, we're still talking about the Mariners. The Mariners <laughs> and the know. A's just barely on the outside looking in. We talked about remaining strength of schedule earlier on the show, and there it is real quick, opposing combined winning percentage. The A's have the worst of it. They pretty much have uh, throughout the rest of this season, the, the, the last part of this season among the American League contending teams. Ha- where do you go, yes, no, on playoffs? Which are the two teams you think get to the promised land? I, I want to say Jays and A's because I like those clubs, but I, I'm going to go Jays, Yankees. Um, the A's, man, they've just been playing terribly lately. They can't get out of their own way, it seems. I know the Mariners are still hanging around, and credit to them because they, I wasn't—I was somebody who definitely was like, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm dismissing this team a bit." 
Um, I still think there was an overreaction to the Kendall Graveman deal just because of like the timing of it. And uh, that, that reaction didn't need to be the way it was, but they've hung around and they've kept themselves kind of in that same realm. I think it was like 6% were their playoff odds when they made that trade. It's at 4% now though. So it's like, it's pretty much the same thing. You know, I haven't been in on that Red Sox team at all. Um, This Jays team, when you look at everything that they do, they probably should have like a 10 game lead in the wild card. The fact that they're clawing and fighting is kind of nuts, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jays Yankees here at DraftKings. Toronto is a prohibitive favorite to make the playoffs minus 285 currently. Uh, the wow. Yankees. Yeah, that's way higher than I would imagine. The Yankees are minus 190 uh, of that log jam. It's the Red Sox who are the shortest shot. They're minus 130 and they've got the easiest remaining schedule 432 combined opposing win percentage but you're you're not buying on the socks huh i just don't believe in that pitching i mean i, I know that the schedule might be favoring them and that's what we've got at fan graphs as far as odds we've got them with better odds than the yankees but not the blue jays we have we have the blue jays at 73 percent red sox 63 and then yankees uh 57 so I don't know. I, I do still have the Yankees going over the Red Sox. I just don't, I haven't trusted that pitching outside of Eovaldi and a reliever here and there. Garrett Whitlock's pretty good. Um, I know Garrett Richards has done some things out of the bullpen too. I just don't believe in their pitching night in, night out though. And not that I love the Yankees pitching yeah. or even the Jays. They're not amazing. Like basically Robbie Ray has taken over for Hunjin Ryu. If they were both dominating, that'd be great. But Ryu's kind of been uh, what Ray usually is. So I still like that team the best, though. And then if I got to go match up Yankees, Red Sox, I'm taking Yankees. Oakland is 10 to 1 to make the postseason, and Seattle is 15 to 1. And once again, it's Toronto with a one game lead. Toronto's in the number one wildcard position, one game lead over the Yankees. Red Sox percentage points behind the Yankees, also technically one game back. And then the Mariners at 78 and 66. Quick math, they're one and a half behind the Red Sox, while the A's are two behind the Red Sox, who, again, are percentage points behind the Yankees. So there it is, um, up to date. Oh, we have two and two and a half. Mm, yeah, okay. I, I think it's I actually, yeah, because we're talking about behind the Yankees. So correct, it would be uh, two and then two and a half. So that's what we're talking there. Real quick, the NL wild card then, um, because this is obviously now the Reds, who refuse to just take this from the Padres, right? Now, your Reds. Uh, your they Reds, don't want to. They, they just won't want to do this. But they don't want to do it. They're 75 and 69. They're a game, they're, excuse me, they're a half game ahead of the Cardinals and the Padres, who are both 74 and 69, but they're all even up in the uh, in the loss column. And then the Phillies and the Mets just refuse. So I'm not even going to talk about them. But, you know, the Padres by far, pa, by, by far, Paulie, and they've had this the whole way, the hardest schedule. They got nine more against the Giants. So what happened last night, three more against the uh, the Dodgers. They still got the Braves and the Cardinals. That's their whole schedule. They're playing a 604 opposing winning percentage. You got to go a different way here, right? No shot you can take them. There's just no shot that you can. If they make it, they're battle-tested. I mean, and then you maybe you start to look at them as a team that can make a run because of the gauntlet that they'd have to go through to get there. So, no, uh, I'm with you. I can't I can't touch them. The Reds, even the Phillies, would be more appealing right now than the Padres. You said nine more against the, the Giants? Nine more. No shot. Can you believe they that? no shot. And six like, of those are at Oracle, yeah. 
Yeah, no, for, forget it. For, I mean, they just wasted their ace, the quote-unquote ace. I know Darvish has not been that much of their ace right now, the way Darvish has been pitching. But he got absolutely tattooed. Yeah, I mean, I just can't. I like that squad. They're, they're, they can be fun when everything's clicking. But obviously, obviously everything is not clicking right now. I can't touch the Padres. No, yeah. no way I could put money on them. The Cardinals, who I mentioned were double digits to make the playoffs last week, are still mm-hmm. plus 425, a half game out. Plus 425, a half game out. By the way, the Phillies are plus 450 by comparison. Like The Cardinals are not getting any love in the betting market from this. That's by true. the way, the Padres are plus 225 to make the postseason, and the Reds are the short shot at plus 115 at DraftKings. I... I, the Cardinals are the team to bet on there, just between the odds and everything. I, I I don't love them, but I have felt that they were an underperforming team all year. So the fact that they're kind of finally coming through a bit, I, I, I don't love their pitching outside of Wayno, and I did not think in 2021 I would be hyped, I would be putting Wayno off to the side as like the the pitcher that I fully trust, and then everything else is is up in the air. That's where we're at. He's pitching brilliantly this year. Um, but, I mean, look at the rest of that rotation. That's what gives me pause about the Cardinals. The offense was is really going to have to drag them into the playoffs and, and the bullpen. They're going to have to drag them in. But I do think they're the best bet based on where they're at and the numbers that are there. Mets are, um, Mets are 10 to 1, by the way. Let me interject because we only have 40 seconds here. Yeah. Um, DFS, your favorite plays of the day. Okay, I did not look at DFS. Okay, so then we don't have to do that. To finish your thought, then I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just gonna say that I, I like that Cardinals team best just from an odd standpoint, not from an actual on play, yeah. on field play. I do like the Reds there, and maybe one of the East teams. But maybe I do like that card. I'm thinking about it now. I'm like those East teams give me a lot of pause too. So maybe it is the two Central teams, Reds and Cards. No, no one has given the Cardinals any love. Um, Who would have thought that those two, like two Central teams? Might take the wild cards. Unbelievable, really unbelievable. Crazy. If it if it happens in that, well, Dodgers have one of them right now, so it would have to. Oh be yeah, just yeah, one that's right, them. that's right. Yeah, that's right. It would be one of the others. Pardon me, pardon Paulie. Me. Thank you. We got to run. Appreciate it, Paul Spore. Everybody on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Thanks for listening. Lee Lombardi line is next. Enjoy.